0: Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on your way to work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witted.
1: Hi listeners, this is Rick Witted with the podcast show, On Your Way to Work. I am talking with Walter Price today, someone who I've gotten to know over the last couple years. Uh, Walter, it's good to have you on.
0: Hey, good to be here, Rick. I appreciate
1: the invite. Thank you. So, uh, Walter is uh, what's becoming more and more a unique phenomenon in the workplace of today, and that's someone who has managed to build a lasting and thriving career with one employer. Uh, And uh, Walter uh, has been in corporate America for many, many years—21 years, I believe—and. Uh, in that time, uh, there has been just a vast uh, change in the landscape over the years. I've seen that myself in corporate America, and he has managed to uh, to stay relevant and not only stay relevant, to, but to still be, be seen and needed as an asset within within the culture of his workplace. And so, that is what we're going to talk about today: how to stay relevant in a changing workplace environment. And I think Walter Price is a great uh, authority to speak to that. So, Walter, why don't you share for the listeners just your background. What's been your career path journey? Where would you start and how did you get to where you are now? And, and what are you doing now?
0: Oh, great. Uh, Rick, I, uh, I have a degree in industrial engineering, Uh, but I actually don't work in that field. I work in the insurance industry, and I've been there since 1993. Um, uh, My best friend, she got into the insurance industry. At the time, I was working for a large chemical company, um, and he recommended crossing over because I really didn't like the shift work, to be honest with you. And so he said, hey, man, here's a company that you can come into." Uh, check them out and see what you think. And so uh, he introduced me to some people on that side. They plotted a career path for me. They told me where I would be at each level. They told me how long it would take me to get to each level. And uh, when I came over to the other side, uh, to the insurance industry, everything they told me was pretty much on point. At every single interval they promised, I was exactly where they told me I would be. And, um, because the company has done so well with the way it manages its own finances, my job has been pretty stable. So it's been a pretty safe place to be. And, uh, so that's why, you know, 21 years of running still here.
1: Wow. So, uh, industrial engineer turned insurance, um, professional. Interesting. And, uh,
0: I don't. I don't really regret it. We got one engineer in the family already. With my wife being an engineer, so I guess we don't
1: <laughs> need two two of them in the house. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because you know I'm I'm the same way. I was a political science, American studies double major. Headed to law school. Did a a, a pre law track my senior year in Washington D.C. and vowed not to be a lawyer. And uh, next thing I know, I was in the finance industry. So um, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, I think you and I are both examples that it it is less about what, what, what field of study you are in and going into. I mean, there's some exceptions to that, right? If you're going to cut on people, then you, you might need a medical degree. But for the most part um, it's really the person regardless of what career you in, you can navigate well uh, down any career path. If, if the culture is a right fit and you've got the, that right level of maturity um, to interact professionally with people that, that would be my, that would be my experience. Sounds like yours as well. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. So, so, so bring us to where you are today. I know, You've moved around quite a bit with the company. Um, you know. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: I've, again, I've been with the company 21 years, and believe it or not, all of it has been in Illinois, but I've moved all over the state of Illinois. Gotcha. And have had the chance to work in some bordering states, so I have expertise in Illinois, obviously, that's where <laughs> I'm from. Um, I've also had some experience of working in Missouri, Uh, Kentucky, and now I reside in Florida, so um, the company has been very accommodating to every move that I've needed to make, and I have uh, a wide range of experience that just kind of spans the, the globe a
1: little bit. So, was it uh, the company saying, hey, uh, Walter, we need you to come down to Florida and do this job for us here? Was it a different job, same job? What what, what got you here? This isn't a bad place, by the way. We've got great great winters.
0: I, I know. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> I, I've become a weather chump.
1: You know, so <laughs> a, a weather water. chump. I love it. I'll ever want to
0: see another snowflake. So uh, I'm good. I've I discovered that since I've been here, I was never meant to be in the cold. Right, so you didn't know what you didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. But um, actually what it is, is our company. we restructuring just like many other companies. And uh, the company was willing to accommodate our move. They gave us a, a list of choices of places to go. And Florida was on the radar. Um, wow. It just so happened to fit because my wife could also stand for her job here, so we landed on our feet very well, and the company accommodated
1: that. See, see, I love, I love that story. Um, we we've got the company restructuring. Sounds like kind of restructuring out the the specific org that you were in, but but looking at you and said, hey, where do you want to go? These are some spots we got. We're gonna keep you. You you obviously are valuable. Tell us where you want to go, and we'll
0: accommodate. That's exactly what happened, man. And uh, it just all worked out very, very
1: well. So that's just a great segue into some questions I'd love to jump into with you for our listeners. So in in your over two decades now in the workplace, what's been your experience or your observation of the role change actually plays in companies in the marketplace?
0: To be honest with you, Rick, I believe that your very existence depends on it. You know, you have to change. I remember when I first started working for the company. Uh, one of the first quotes I ever read by one of the company leaders was uh, from a guy named Adley Russ, and he said, uh, "When you fail to service the customer, you will in time serve no one." Wow. And so, to me, what it ever-evolving customer base. Um, It it talked about, it dealt with the uh, emerging market changes that happen on a regular regular basis, uh, the ever-changing customer needs. And so one of the things I've learned about change is that it's constant. It is a challenge, but it is inevitable. And the moment we embrace that change, uh, the better we are as a company. And the company I work for has been really good about and breaking the chains and the uh, ever-evolving needs of our customers, et cetera. So um, you know what happens when you don't evolve, man. You, you become extinct. That's right. So
1: let me, and I'm going to go off script a little bit here, Walter. What are some of the pitfalls that um, maybe some of your coworkers or or just young professionals that you've seen out there around you who are no longer there? I'm sure someone started off with you 21 years ago that are that are no longer there. What were some of the characteristics that, in your mind, contrast between your behavior and their behavior? Maybe why you're here and why they're not still here.
0: You know, I'm, I'm going to say that um it's possible, you know to to stay with a company long term, but it it depends on um, the person, number mm-hmm. one. Uh, it depends on the diversity of the opportunities. You know, some people felt maybe that, uh, the diversity of opportunities were not there, uh, but I, I think some of the things that I try to embrace for myself is number one, professionalism. Right. Professionalism. You know, I work in corporate America. Now, corporate, the face of corporate America has changed because a lot of what we do is behind the scenes and not up front anymore. So uh, the industry I work in, we don't handle customers face-to-face as much as we used to anymore. Mm-hmm. And so... Professionalism sometimes takes a bit of a slide from the standpoint. You see a totally different brand of employee in the workplace than you used to see. You know, uh, flip flops are acceptable. You know, uh, tattered jeans is acceptable, maybe even. You know, you see people with tattoos and, and piercings and things like that. But I think that just because you can don't mean necessarily that you should. Wow. So I think professionalism is, is, is is really important. And I try to, I try to maintain a a professional image because I keep in mind that I'm not just making an impression for the job that I'm in, but the job that I may want in the future. And people are always watching me in corporate America.
1: I I love that. you got to say that again, Walter.
0: People are always watching you in corporate America. And so you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism. And just because you can do something in corporate America doesn't necessarily mean that you should. So you got to watch the way you dress. You have to audition for the job, constantly audition for the job that you want, and not necessarily just for the job that you have. you got to be looking forward a little
1: bit. Do you follow me? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love it. And I I just wanted the listeners to hear that again. And listeners, I'll just tell you, you, you stand out in someone's mind every day. And the question is, how do you want to stand out? how do you want to be remembered? There's much more flexibility today than there was um, several years ago. But even if you're in a role where you're on the front end and you are in front of the customer and you might have on a suit and you might have on a tie, but maybe your suit is uh, missing a date with the cleaners. Those are things that are extremely important. And while Maybe they're not to a degree that they get you, you know, booted out of an organization. You will always stand out. And leaders are always looking for someone to be a good face of the corporation, of the company, of the small business. They're always looking for someone to be a great face. Just because you can wear the tattered jeans, don't wear them. It, now somebody might be saying, "Well, hey, that's just me. That's what I want to do. That's what I feel comfortable in. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna be me. And you know, if you don't like that, so what? What, what would be your response to that person?"
0: Well, uh, as long as you don't have any aspirations of doing anything else, and you don't mind the image that people have of you, then I guess you can continue to do you. But I've learned that in the ever evolving workplace, there's always a shifting. There's always change that's taking place. There's always uh, a stirring of the, of the environment. And when those, when that reshuffling takes place, you know, I'll give you an example. At at my job, our entire workforce had to reapply for our jobs. Mm -hmm. our entire workforce had to be applied for our jobs. And some of us had to post a job outside of the department that we were comfortable with working in.
1: Wow, that could be stressful.
0: And it was was very stressful. And um, I remember one of the interviewers telling me, he said, you know, as we go into this interview, it actually was a mock interview. And he said, I need to be able to imagine you not only doing this job, but I have to be able to imagine you as my colleague, someone that I want right next to me, someone that I want on the same road with me, someone that um, I feel will, will do this job well. And not just do the job well, but wear the mantle well. Right. And um, so because of that, uh, you know, I, I think image is very, very important. I'm not saying that you got to come in to work, you know, especially in our environment. Uh, suited and booted every day but right. I, I do think that you need to be a, a little more polished and average
1: right right I, and i i agree um w- what about the person that says to you well walt i'm just not going to play those politics those are politics i'm not playing office politics how, how would you respond to that Are are those politics quote unquote
0: Politics, you know. I years ago, I was uh, given the the charge to teach uh, professionalism in a workplace to a group of young men on a on a campus, mm-hmm. and the topic was uh, professional etiquette in the workplace. And one of the things that that I discovered that everybody has a code that they live by, and I and and the examples that I gave was uh, I gave. P. Diddy, you know, mm-hmm. and I gave, um, I want to say it was you know, Sean John, which is also P. Diddy, but he had two distinct, two different companies. In one company, you could come to work dressed in jeans, you could come to work dressed in t shirts, because that was the brand of the company. And then in another company, I think it was Sean John, you had to come dressed up. You had to, uh, um, you had to present yourself totally different because it was a totally different totally different brand. And so you can say that it's politics in the workplace, but is it politics or is it just the standard for that for the job that you have?
1: Right. Or as you said earlier, um, dressing for the job you want.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you you can't expect every you can't ask an employer to to come into your world when you're in their world you know what I'm saying oh I
1: love it say it again I love that
0: I I said you can't ask an employer to come into your world when you're in their world right you know so whatever the standard is there, if you're gonna be there then you have to adapt you can be yourself after after you know you punch out you know and you can have all the individuality you wanna have but, as long as you are under that corporate roof, then you need to abide by the rules of that corporate entity
1: well, i you you're being really nice. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Nobody's paying you to do you. They're paying you to do the job they need you to do. They're paying you to do them. so, and I, I think if if you go in with, that type of attitude. So, I and I threw that at you, and I've got a whole bunch of strong emotions when I hear the term playing politics because I think it's just very silly. Um, I, and I think it is a, a very narrow view of things, all things being workplace, right? And it is not politics, it is not playing favorites. Listen, you would be very odd to show up at a skating rink party in a tuxedo. You just don't do it, right? You would be odd to show up for a a pool party um, in jeans and a turtleneck sweater in the middle of June. You just don't do it. Every one of us in our human relationships and our social environments automatically know to adjust to our environment. And we also instinctively know that when we don't make that adjustment, that we're 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 not conforming, but we stand out in a way that's not necessarily positive. Now, now there may be some people who get off on just making this statement about I'm going to be different from the entire system forever, and that's fine. Whatever they got to prove, let them charge up Grant's Hill. But for the rest of us, we instinctively know. This is not an issue of politics. It's just human behavior. It is natural human behavior. You can even put a bunch of two-year-olds in a room together. And if there's a particular activity going on, a game going on, they will conform to that game when they see the rules, when they see the prizes, when they see the toys and what you get based on certain responses in that game. And I think the workplace environment is no different. Sometimes we just we we get a little too focused in on the fact that it's a workplace. And while it is a workplace, the rules of human nature don't go away. And if if I'm in a in a club and you want to join the club and the club wears blue and you come in yellow, you're not going to get a lead spot in the club. Right, And so that's fine if you want to be in the background, but if you have aspirations to progress, being given opportunities, and and maybe it's not a a, a higher position or a title, maybe you just want to learn more. But to get those opportunities to deepen skills, which, by the way, end up deepening your opportunities, like uh, Walter said, you have to. You know, be the part, you know, act the part that you want to be. Listen, long before you get a bigger job, you make your current job bigger. And a part of that is looking wow. around and seeing who's doing bigger things and and learning and mimicking on on how to do some of those things. I think you said it best, Walter, Your um, uh, the gentleman you're interviewing with said, I need to imagine you doing this job next to me. He, he was saying, I need to see that you fit in to this role that you want to be a part of. So w- one of your points is professionalism. So in, in terms of how you've been able to stay relevant in a changing workplace environment. So w- w- what's next? What's what other secrets uh, have worked for you?
0: Um, I heard this acronym that I adopted and I'll I'll just kinda of share it here and it was it's the term fat F A T. Okay. Fat F A T fat. Yeah. Faithful, available, and teachable. Ah. And so when I say when I say faithful, I mean dependable. Mm-hmm. Are you a dependable employee? Can we count on you to be here? Can we count on you to get the job done? Can we count on you to get the job done right? Um, Employees, they want you to, to be present. You know, I, I've worked with people before, Rick, that every time you turn around, man, they, they got excuses for why they are not there. And some of them are legitimate. Reasons for not being present. But the bottom line is, you know, you work for a company and the company hires you to do a job and you can't do the job if you're not there. Right. And so if you're not faithful in the little things, then how can we trust you with big things? You know what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, being faithful, being uh, uh, available, and being teachable, you know, never ever get to a place in your job where you think you know it all. You can be an authority on a particular thing and still not know it all. And so as long as you present yourself in a way that says, I'm eager to learn, I want to know more. If there's a new process, I want to become the authority on it. You know, this area over here is giving the company fits. Let me learn this so that I can become proficient at it, become an authority on it. And employers love that. They want you to have... Uh, an appetite for learning no matter how long you've uh, been with the company. Because uh, there, there's this thing called uh, the comfort of familiarity. Mm-hmm. And and when you get comfortable with that which is familiar, it, it, it prohibits you from wanting to change. And so when change does happen, you resist it. And so, and, and employees don't want to hear, they want to hear a series of yeses. They want to hear a series of "I can do this." They don't want to hear a series of "Why this can't be done."
1: Right, and and how are they any different from the ordinary you and I, right? Even in exactly. our personal lives, when 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 there's something that we know we need to get accomplished, it, there's nothing like a, a a buzzkill to hear somebody give me all the reasons I can't do it, right? And mm-hmm. so it, it get gets back to what I'm saying, um, listeners, that. The human nature elements of our everyday functioning are no different in the workplace. So, if you don't want to hear that in your personal life, why in the world would you think it's okay for your company to put up with it and 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 maybe sing a lullaby for you as you whine about it? It's just not. You've got to realize that um, the very things that that you think and respond to as a person, that organization is doing the same thing. You said available. You didn't really give me a phrase unavailable. Is there a word picture for the listeners that would describe what you mean by be,
0: about being available? Uh, to me, being available means... Um, it, we work in, like the environment I work in, it is a team environment. And I'm available not only for the internal, the external customers, but also the internal customers. Can my team count on me? And uh, one of the one of the mantras of the company I work for, one of the uh, I suppose campaigns that we have going on right now is called Remarkable, mm-hmm. and it says every associate, every interaction, every day and so am I am I making myself available to the company am I making myself available to everything that the company stands for uh, which is customer service you know like for instance I work in, a, in an industry where every single person that calls me has a problem every single person that calls me has suffered a loss some of them are very catastrophic and while I deal with this sort of thing every single day I to Dial back and have sensitivity enough to know that the people that I'm dealing with haven't dealt with this every day. This is new to them. Right. And so, am I making myself uh, available to them, you know, emotionally, uh, professionally? Uh, do I have industry awareness and, and product knowledge? Am I staying honed in my craft? Do I know what do I even know what the heck I'm talking about? Right. You know, right. I know the you know, the statutes and the laws and the things to this particular land, and can I articulate that uh, to someone who may not understand. And right. so um, I, I just think that uh, available means that you're pouring your all into what you're doing. You're giving them their full and I drive seven hours and 45 minutes, and you're
1: not cheating them out of that. Right, right. Well, And, and as you were talking about that, so this available concept, I, some of the words that came to my mind just as you spoke were being attentive, being open, an open-door policy both ways, right? Internally with our team, externally with our clients. And then I love the word you used, awareness. Um, just being aware of what's going on around you being aware uh, to the mood of your coworkers, being aware um, to the needs of of your managers and and, and the company Walt I cannot believe we've come up on our time now Uh, I'm going to beg you to stay with me on the other side and uh, I'd love to get you back on next week to finish out this conversation with the listeners does that sound good?
0: Sounds like a winner,
1: man. Great, great. Hold on. We'll talk to you. Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. You've been listening to uh, Walter Price, uh, my guest. And we're talking about, uh, is it possible to stay relevant in an ever-changing workplace environment? Is there such a thing as a long-term career with with one uh, company and my guest Walter Price was really proving that to be true Uh, I appreciate you listening tune in next week we're going to finish up this conversation if you got questions go to rawitted.com leave me a question check out some of our other shows there Uh, you can tweet me at at rawitted or go to facebook.com forward slash rawitted sound off let me know Are, are you liking what we're talking about do you disagree Do you think that every company out there you can't trust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Let me know. I don't mind hearing it. For those that have been uh, engaging with me, thanks a lot. And until next week, we will see you then. Have a good day. Bye-bye.